0: You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at Australian HuntingPodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on AHP Digital. I've guys always I've got my uh, friend Muzz How you doing, mate? G'day Jason, Uh, welcome back everyone to the Australian Hunting Podcast. All right, guys. And uh, we're going to say, remember, too, if you want to go look uh, and listen to the show, you can go to the website, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Uh, you can also download us on iTunes. And again, if you're listening to this podcast and you do download us from iTunes and you like the show, uh, please jump on iTunes and rate, subscribe, and also leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, that would be fantastic. Also, again, if you want to go to the show, again, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, join our Facebook page, There's a lot of news, current affairs, people on the Facebook page uh, enjoying muzzles are getting a bit upset with me now because I'm actually squeaking my chair here and I'm always having a go at him uh, about making noise whilst on the show with his chair and you know rubbing his beard while he's... <laughs> so you got, what was I saying? Yeah, twitter.com yeah. forward slash AH podcast if you want to follow us on Twitter. What else? we got the Facebook page. We've Absolutely.
1: Got- the Facebook page. Michael Hitado has been doing a fantastic job for us, Jason, on the, on the Facebook he has. page. And those of you who've been following social media will know what a great job he's been doing. Good on you, Michael.
0: Yeah, and if you, again, if you want to donate to the show, go on the website, and in the right-hand side widget bar, you'll see that donations button. You can click on there. Um, you can give us a a dollar, $1, $1,000, $1, $10 million, whatever you want. Uh, that'd be greatly, greatly appreciated to keep this podcast going. As you know, we've got three sponsors. You probably heard them before. We've got the uh, Shooters and Fishers Party.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we've got the Liberal Democrats who sponsor our show as well. We've also got the
0: Sporting Shooters Association, uh, Sydney branch. Uh, on board as well which you may have heard just the recent everyday hunter series as well and hopefully we've got a, a gun shop coming on board very soon as well uh, we're recording that advertisement so it's great to sort of you know have good fate. we've got good people coming on board and uh, liking what we do and willing to advertise on this show so again obviously email me Uh, Podcast at gmail.com if you want to run some ads Uh, get on board with all all the other great uh, organizations political parties gun shops that we've got currently coming on board so yeah send us an email if you want to run an ad and we can we can get back to you but Muzz, first thing we wanted to do here is i want to talk about we just got the new south wales native game bird management <clears throat> program uh, obviously we know it's well it's not legal to hunt ducks in new south wales it's just illegal under a season but we can do it under the mitigation Uh, Permits. Now, I've been doing it for about five years. Now, we just got the paperwork. Now, it's quite sort of good. It came in a a nice little hard body. Um, I will put a link uh, on the Facebook page. So if you want to jump on there, you can scroll down and see it. Uh, It's a nice little folder. It says Department of Primary Industries. It's blue, and it's got hunters and landholders working together uh, with a few ducks on the front. Now, when we open up, you actually get a little sticker that goes on the back of your game hunting license, uh, which is a little silver logo, which says GB for game birds. When you open up the folder as well, it's got your permission to hunt on private property with your name. Uh, Obviously, this should be filled out by the landowner. Now, it's just got your license details, the names of any hunters that are going to be on the property, your game license, same game, yeah, your game license number, uh, property details, yeah. so And then also got the hunter diary as well, which is so if you're going out in the field, you need to uh, obviously put down how many you hunt. So that's got your name, the property name, uh, property native game bird management license number, the date, the time you were there, and whether you attained written permission. Then obviously it's got mountain duck, wood duck, and all your duck species there you can actually fill out. It's actually quite good. I mean, I think it's probably a bit overboard with the amount they want you to do, but, I mean, lease is probably better managed than it was under the National Parks and Wildlife Service. Now, me and Mars were having a bit of a – look, he's he's itching to say something now because what did you want to say about this? I mean –
1: Well, look, I think that the uh, the permission section of that uh, page there, Chase, I think it's a pretty good idea. To be honest, um, it's good that uh, the landowner can fill that out, sign it, and then you get a copy, he gets a copy, it makes it official – um you can present that to anyone that questions you and you know we basically can say well i've got permission to hunt here and uh i think that's great but when it comes to the diary and registering all your ducks and everything like that i mean it just looks like a bit of homework to be honest jason (laughs) i mean when you go out there in the field you just want to concentrate on the hunting not worrying about having to do i guess homework for for game management now i understand with the r license and everything we we uh, log back onto the uh internet and we basically fill out uh, what animals we saw, what animals you shot, and so on, because they want to keep a track of all the feral pests that are uh, being getting rid of uh, by um, recreational hunters. But uh, ducks are not really feral pests, so I, they're keeping it.
0: They're native animals, but that's probably animals, the reason so- because it's meant to be a mitigation program. Mm. So obviously, they want to know how many ducks people are shooting. Obviously, to get numbers to see whether you know landowners are getting
1: you know harassed by ducks on their crops. But, but then again, Jace, you know, like, like most things, I mean, the, these things rely on, I guess, the honesty and integrity of the hunter. And uh, you certainly aren't going to write down, um, I guess, if you shot more than what your quota is on ducks. You know, you're certainly <laughs> not going to dub yourself in on a piece of paper, are you? So, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I question I question the value of it, really. Um, it just seems like a lot of more extra work for the hunter. I mean, some people love it. No, I just think... Uh, it's just a little bit of overkill, to be honest. And speaking of that too about your numbers, make sure you know your numbers. If you've got your
0: landholders, make sure you know your permits either per day uh, or whatever it may be, because that's important. Because what, what happened before is if a, a farmer had a quota for the season or the day, whatever it may be, or for that particular rice period, and you know, you, you, let's say it was a 1,000 ducks, and you, your duck, you, you ha- your last... You were the last person entering mm. those details because you didn't do it till the next year, and that went to one thousand and one ducks. Well, they can actually prosecute you for taking too many ducks. So, yeah, um, and that's right. And they can prosecute you with your own paperwork. That's
1: that's the, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the problem. So. But, but the funny thing was, if you got your paperwork in first,
1: yeah, you weren't the person that broke the rules. I know, but how do you how do you know what the I well, guess you don't, what but, the number is on uh, you know How do you know what what other people have, uh, have put in what paperwork they put in so yeah look i'm i'm not a big fan of it jason i i like my freedom i want to be able to have permission go on a private property yes you can hunt ducks great let's go hunt ducks and just be able, you know just have a great time and not worry about all this extra you know stuff for the yeah let's,
0: let's go through a couple of things you don't forget remember it's different to other places around australia on the ducks on the, uh for mitigation All shot types included, so you can use your lead shot. You don't have to use steel because you are on private property. Again, pick up your spent shells. Now, this is a good one, decoys and callers. Now, it says, we mentioned this on a a previous show, but it says, the use of decoys, callers, is permitted now under the Native Game Bird Management Program. Uh, Game bird decoys and callers, when used correctly, are encouraged. Uh, into more which because you can actually bring them into more effective range to ensure they're taken humanely which is I always thought was common sense but under the National Parks and Wildlife to actually get the permit you had to sign that you weren't going to use calls and decoys mm. decoys are also an aid to effectively identify downbird fall areas and individual decoys may assist in pinpointing exact locations uh, warning it says decoys are not to be unaccompanied on any crop and unaccompanied decoys may be
1: seized I guess if you know Look, someone I, on I just shake my head at all this decoy legislation Jason I mean they use decoys everywhere around the world literally and here they're trying to control every aspect of your hunting from lead shots steel shots decoys no decoys (laughs) i mean what's next (laughs) Uh, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind jace that any hunter that goes out duck shooting is breaking some sort of law or another because yeah, uh, who's going to know all this stuff anyway? But all that's right. my opinion. DPI encourages the utilisation of
0: native gave bird ha- harvested under the program. it is a condition condition of your licence that bird carcass are not left on any crop, dam or waterway. Sometimes that's you know, not necessarily feasible depending on where they fall. Mm. Um, yeah, it depends on like last couple of years ago, we went in there and the, the rice fields right up to my mid thigh and I was sinking right down to my knees. And have you, have you ever seen a fat man trying to get out of a, a duck's uh, a rice crop swamp? <laughs> Can be pretty hard, man. Um, but again, says, your hunting area, a native bird game management license covers the whole of the listed property where it never used to. It was only the specific... Like, let's say you had a property with a dam running through it, like for the whole property, a kilometer of dam. Yep. That was never covered under the program if you hunted that dam and then dpi or national parks and wildlife service i should say if they caught you doing that that was actually an offense but now it's for the whole particular property so if the ducks are coming off the off the rice going into the swamp or the the dam next door then you you can hunt that waterway as well which is absolutely fantastic so it does cover the whole entire property and uh, then it says only hunt in uh, areas specified by the landholder yep. uh, if two properties are covered by the name bird management license are divided by a waterway you may hunt on that waterway provided both properties are covered under the native game bird management license so you need to make sure your landholders uh, do have uh, permission to hunt birds but other than that it all looks pretty similar just got the safe handling of firearms target identification Yeah, all the usual stuff. All the usual stuff. But uh, yeah, so there you go for the uh, native game bird management program with the Hunter Diaries. So it's going to be coming up in about two months, so we're going to be going away and looking really
1: forward to uh, having a great time on the rice. And you actually managed to say game bird this time, Jason. Not gay bird, <laughs> like you did just Jason. twice before. Did I?
0: <laughs> uh, well, game bird, native game bird. I've game to, bird,
1: Jason. Yeah, not that we I think have any gay just, birds, but you know, gay, it's game. You're just playing with me now. But
0: anyway, uh, we'll go on to our next topic. All right, we've got another good one—a bit of news coming out of New Zealand. Mars. This one's pretty good. This is all, this is by Stuff.co.nz. Now, this was All Blacks uh, Sam Whitelock, or Whitlock mm. defends shooting a zebra, uh, I think, in Africa. But it says All Blacks Sam Whitelock has defended his actions after pictures emerged of several Crusaders team members on a hunting trip in South Africa. Uh, the pictures were published yesterday, which caused a public outcry. Oh. Outrage, they, outrage. Yep, they show Whitlock and teammates posing with a dead zebra. <laughs> Whitlock told 3 three News the dead animals were used as meat. We made sure we didn't shoot something for the fun of it because that's not what we're about. It's something we'll feel very strongly about, he said. Whitlock said he grew up hunting with his brothers on the family farm. When we were little fellas, we were shooting ducks and stuff like that. Now, this is the hilarious part because the photos were originally posted on Facebook page of environmental organization, the Landmark Foundation, which described the shots as disgraceful. Oh. Other players pitched were Tom Taylor, George Whitelock, uh, Ben Funnell, and Tyler Bledendahl, if I got that correct. Uh, in each picture, one or more of the players was posing beside an animal. Foundation director Dr. Bull Smuts, I think that's his name, Bull, <laughs> O L Bull Smuts said none of the animals involved was endangered, and he, he expected the hunting was legal, but his foundation was against the whole concept of trophy hunting. Now, uh, the interesting part about this was Crusader's chief executive, which is this guy's great. And this is what the whole crux of this article uh, about New Zealand and, and their value on hunting. But it says mm. Crusader's chief executive, Hamish Ryach, said some players had gone on a hunting trip in April when the team were in South Africa playing in Johannesburg and Bloemfontein, where that, wherever that is. And it says the players had been performing a perfectly legal activity in their own time. Well, you know, of course that's that's reasonable. Of course, you know, of course. I guess the point is that there are things that all sorts of people do that people don't seem uh, so don't see in that way. And so everyone is free to behave legally and express their view in a courteous manner. Riuk said, uh, "Our guys are perfectly able to hunt in their own time, and someone is perfectly able to express concern about that." It was accepted that sometimes people of any sort of profile can attract attention. And that is an understandable part of life. So the whole part about this is it's good to see that they're able to partake. And actually, we've got the Crusaders chief executive. Yep. I'm thinking, sure, it was the chief executive, was it? Uh, yep, yep. Crusaders chief executive. He's basically saying, well, they can do what they want because you can do what you want in your own time. Oh, shock horror. Now, uh, the interesting part, and, and to finish off with this one, it said Smuts from the Foundation said it was particularly distasteful when people with celebrity status were used to promote an industry which the foundation felt strong considerable damage across Africa. Celebrities had to take a bad along with the good and came with being well known. If they behaved in an unethical way, even if it was legal, they must take what came to them, Smuts said. But, I mean, they're doing what they want in their own time. It's legal. Well,
1: Jace, this is just another attack from the left-wing media on, um, I guess, hunting. And uh, it, we've seen it a lot, a lot in the past. I mean, anyone who's a celebrity who partakes in, God forbid, hunting, Or, you know, wants to pose with guns or whatever it is. I mean, we saw Jessica Mowboy being attacked for gun hunting with her um, family in the NT. We see James Hetfield, you know, as you know, the front man for Metallica. Metallica. He's a a very famous person. He loves his guns, loves going hunting, constantly attacked by greenie groups. Yeah. And as you know, Jason, uh, before the last Olympics, we saw uh, Darcy and Monk. When they posted oh, yeah. the two swimmers, when they posted on the uh, yeah. Facebook page at uh, American Ken Rick Gun Shop. Mark
0: and uh, Luke Darcy, wasn't it? Yeah. That,
1: that's right. And uh, they posted their photos with um, them posing with guns at American Gun Shop. And I think, oh, well, my. if you're in the United States, what else do you do? You go to a gun shop because, you know, <laughs> the Americans have got the best guns and you pose. But uh, the lefty media will take any opportunity, especially with celebrities, to demonize hunting and demonize gun ownership because this is how they are peddling their filth. So, anyway, and I've got this other story here, Jason, and this is I've got in my book Jayce, this has got to be the most ridiculous headline for a story ever. I mean, absolutely ludicrous. But here is Chris Barrett, uh, sports writer for the Fairfax Media Network on July 26, 2014. And the headline is, wait for it. <laughs> How John Howard's gun buyback scheme set Laura Coles on course for gold? Well, Jason, did yeah. you know that? Oh. It was if unbelievable. It, hey, I mean, apparently this that? this this fine young woman who just won the gold medal in um she's thanking John Edinburgh, Howard. Apparently, it's because of John Howard. Can
0: you believe that? I oh, know. Do you think she's actually? I, I reckon she should probably. Send him a letter, John Howard, thanking him for her gold medal. Yeah, oh, at absolutely the uh, Com games was it the Com games? Or the Com games
1: wasn't it? Yeah, Commonwealth Games and says here this is um, Laura Coles uh, claimed Australia's first shooting gold medal at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games. So well done, Laura Coles. But for for the author to to credit Howard's gum buyback for a gold medal for a gold medal is is a like unbelievable stretch, Jason. I can't believe the lengths that these. These knob jockeys in the media go to, to try and justify our crappy gun laws. And here's a little bit from the article. It says, Pop, uh, this is Laura Cole saying, Pop had shot clays in the past and given away the sport, but he'd kept his gun until the gun buyback, where you either had to get a gun cabinet or hand your guns in to the police, Cole said. Uh, my grandad didn't want to get a gun cabinet, so my dad already had one because he had guns. And there was no way he was going to hand his guns in. Well done, Pop. And uh, so Pop just gave all his guns to my dad, and there was a 12-gauge trap gun. So lo and behold, Jason, because Pop gave um, uh, Laura's dad all the guns, uh, she went on to win a gold medal. I mean, didn't (laughs) you know it was all because of John Howard? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first
0: thing, well done to Papa Coles for saying he wasn't going to... hand his firearms in. I mean, that's a pretty good up. It's, yeah, when I first Talk read about that, drawing
1: a long bow, mate. This one stretches all the way across crosshirts, I tell you. When I actually saw this, I, I couldn't actually believe that they were
0: touting that her guy John Howard hates guns so he probably couldn't really that's probably the only reason why we might have guns is because you know they are a shooting in Olympic sport but to
1: assume it's that- just unbelievable Jase oh, I, I can't believe they write this stuff and and, and take themselves seriously but yeah Jase they, they certainly do so um, anyway that's the gotta be the most ridiculous story I've ever heard all year and uh, guys uh, don't go away we're just gonna take a very quick break and we'll be right back Hey Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course Jason, that place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition,
0: gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know Jason, they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park. Or call them on 9620 1313. Good day. I'm Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party and you're listening to the Australian
1: Hunting Podcast. I will not be defined by the actions of one crazy individual with a gun. I will not be lectured to by animal extremists. I will not have my culture questioned by inner city latte sippers and neither should you. The Shooters and Fishers Party will fight for our rights every single day, every single week of every single year. Find out more about our party and the upcoming New South Wales 2015 election campaign at www.sfp2015.org.au. All right,
0: guys, welcome back. This is a bit of a, a, bit, bit of a good story, actually. Yep. Uh, ABC News by Elise Worthington, Friday 22nd of August 2014. Now, the headline is Queensland is going for more gun licences with 30% increase in permits issued in the past year. Documents released under Right to Information laws showed a steady increase in gun permit applications with more than 170,124 individual license holders currently in possession of 566,427 firearms across the state. Fantastic. The figures mm-hmm. also show there are 49 people, and they had to put this part in, Mars, excluding police, military and dealers, with more than 100 firearms each, up from 32 people in 2013. Wow, so oh. Well, it's good. I that's mean, a big there's up. a lot of collectors there. Yeah. yeah. Last year the number of gun license applications increased by over 30% with 45,870 permits issued. Now, permits let's let's look at permits issued per year. Mm. In 2010, 30,442, 2011, 30,962, 2012, 34,791, yep. and then in 2013, 45,870. Wow, and then July, sorry, sorry, 2014 to July is already 24,000. So yeah. we're pretty much going to be on. Oh, well, if we keep up, that'll be forty-eight thousand roughly. If we if it keeps up, uh, as opposed to forty-five thousand in two thousand and thirteen. Oh, that's great. Now, obviously, uh, that's good news. But obviously, there's a down part to this because, of course, the gun control oh, Australia, yeah, here we go. gun control advocates said there was something wrong with a system that allowed individuals to accumulate more than one hundred weapons. Gun control Australia say, so gun control Australia uh, chair Samantha Lee said there was no reason why anyone should be in possession of so many weapons and Queensland guns laws needed to change. And she says there's a huge conflict of interest and unfortunately there's a very cosy relationship in Queensland between the gun lobby and the government. Queensland Police Minister, though, Jack Dempsey, said the role of the panel was to discuss how to reduce red tape, delays and bureaucracy for legitimate firearms users face when applying for a licence or a new weapon. Absolutely. Well... Well, exactly, Jack yep. Dempsey. Thank you very much. That so We want to cut red yep. tape for law-abiding firearms owners. I'm nah. glad we're seeing a difference between criminals these days and law-abiding firearms owners. What do you well, think, Well, it's man?
1: a good, good move there by the Queensland government. Uh, well done, and uh, good on you Queenslanders out there for you guys listening to the show. I know there's plenty of you guys that are big fans of the show, and uh, g'day from New South Wales. Well done, guys, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, make sure you spread the word, and uh, educate all the young hunters out there. Let them know what the right thing is to do. And uh, keep getting many more people licensed. That's it. Yeah. I always said to Mars. We've
0: always said, how can we get, you know, more political and get more numbers? But the, mm. the thing is, if we if each person just got one person in the sport to get their license, absolutely, just one person, you know, that'd be you know up from eight roughly eight hundred thousand up to like two million if you just everyone just got yep. one person involved. Someone gets two people. There's you know uh, over two point five million
1: gun owners in the country. Yeah. So. I mean, it's very important for all the. I guess, senior hunters, all the experienced people out there to really educate the young guys out there to make them realise, listen, we don't have a Bill of Rights. It is not in our constitution. It's not constitutionally constitutionally guaranteed your firearm ownership and your right to hunt. So... Um, you've, you've got to participate. You've got to get involved and you've got to realise that if you want to maintain your freedoms, uh, you've got to fight for them. So that's very important. Now, here we go, Jason. We're going to move on to another story here, a little bit about um, home defence, I guess, um, which uh, me and Jason obviously feel very passionately about, which currently in Australia, of course, most of you do know, you're not allowed to uh, use firearms to defend yourself under law. But uh, here's a horrific story, Jason, uh, and this is uh, by Deborah Noland, uh, 18th of August, from ABC TV. Uh, Mask home invaders douse Brisbane couple in petrol and demand money. Can you imagine that, Jace? being doused with petrol? And the guys, unbelievable. And the story here says four men in balaclavas doused a Brisbane couple in their 60s with petrol and threatened to set them alight if they did not hand over money during an early morning home invasion on Sunday. It's absolutely horrific, jace Police said the men were armed with a knife and machete. So I can imagine being in the shoes of that poor old couple, being absolutely frightened to death. And um, here you got Inspector Graham uh, said that the circumstances of the matter would be thoroughly investigated. There are certainly a number of lines of inquiries we are conducting at the moment to get to the bottom as to why the, uh, these four grubs broke into the house and threatened these poor people, he said, "Everybody's home is their castle." He goes on to say, the, on, "But you just can't defend yourself in <laughs> castle, apparently." Everybody's home is their castle, and the last thing you expect at 2:40 a.m. is to have four grubs come into your home, threaten you, and steal your property. Well, someone should still tell Inspector Graham that uh, castles need to be defended. That's right. <laughs> and the interesting thing people say to us
0: sometimes is that they say, you know, the laws did change, especially in New South Wales under uh, John Tingle for self-defense yeah. laws. But what we are saying is uh, we'd like to see uh, the categories or the genuine... Re- I mean, I'd like to see genuine reasons gone for good. Go for but good, if there yeah. was a genuine reason, self-defense should be a valid reason. I mean, these people are helpless in their own home, yep. what were they supposed to mean? If was, they had been doused in petrol and set on fire, right now be yep. reading about uh, two poor people in their 60s that have been doused with petrol and burnt to death uh, be- just because of some you know, junkies or deadbeats that wanted a bit of free cash that don't yep. want to get a better job. And me and Maria had this conversation, I think, what did we have last week, I think, where we said people mm. would honestly rather commit crime... Uh, than go and yeah. work a 38-hour-a-week job, <laughs> you know? Get out there and work. But yeah. I've got to work. I don't like work as much as the next guy sometimes. I'd rather be out hunting, dark yeah, hunting, deer hunting. But unfortunately, I need money to be able to do that. But again, what we want to see is a right to self-defense with a firearm. People say, oh, well, you can already defend yourself, but
1: with what in the house? The other thing is too, Jason, i mean, in Australia. There's a statistic out there, and you can look it up on the Australian Institute of Criminology, that usually it's about 40% of most home invasions or robberies, usually the occupant in Australia is in the house. So, yeah, like, the yeah. pe- the criminals out there, they're certainly not scared of people, whereas in the United States, the figure is, like, 11%. So, <laughs> as you can see, in the United States, the criminals are a lot less likely to want to jump into someone's home for fear of being shot, obviously, because at least the people over there have the right to defend themselves. But, uh, you know, in this country, we still don't have it yet. And hopefully one day, Jason, the laws will change. I think people would be crazy,
0: especially in the United States, to... Bro- I wouldn't even... I mean, the last inconceivable thing I would think about even doing in America... Oh, no way. ...is to break into someone's house. You'd have to be desperate. And I did... There's one on YouTube, and I'll see if I can put a link on there, where they're talking to a bunch of criminals that are in prison. Mm. And they're sort of asking, what about, you know, going into people's houses? And the like, well, that's the thing that really sort of we're not sure who's armed who's not armed and that can that can really change the situation i'm like these guys are crazy to even think about going into someone's house yeah well
1: most of those criminals they they do say that um well listen if you want to try and bake into someone's house especially in a state like for example texas i mean you but you've got to be prepared to die for that because i'll tell you the americans certainly aren't going to take that not not like i mean these poor people in their 60s i mean look at them they're Almost got burnt alive by a bunch of thugs, and it's just absolutely despicable, Jace. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next article. This one is actually
0: a really hilarious one. Kind of like an apathetic shooter article, Jace, except it's not from a shooter. Yeah, this is amazing, <laughs> this one. It really is. News.com.au. Uh, Michael Morrow from the News Corporation Australian Network, five days ago, August 19, 2014. Mm. It says, and the, the head is Huffington Post journalist Ryan Riley mistakes earplugs for rubber bullets and receives Twitter mockery. This is absolutely hilarious. It says, it was a simple Twitter mistake that had a reporter ducking for cover. Huffington Post journalist Ryan Riley, who is covering the Ferguson riots in the US, made his Twitter mm. followers do a double take. Check again to make sure he wasn't joking. Then doubled over in laughter. Now, if I just go to the next page, uh, you'll see a picture. You can't see it, so I'll describe it to you. It's basically earplugs on, like asphalt, maybe on the road or something. And it says from uh, Ryan J Riley, tweeting uh, at Ryan J Riley. I believe these are, are rubber bullets. Can anyone confirm? Hashtag Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> they look like orange earplugs to me. Now, obviously, <laughs> a few people got on Twitter. Uh, it's hilarious. Now, a guy, uh, someone that wanted to heckle uh, Mr. Riley says he posted a photo, and he, in his hands he had uh, earplugs, I think, or rubber bullets, uh, and some shell casings. And it says, it says, "If you don't know the difference between these two items, uh, you should not be a journalist writing about gun control." Uh, that was from at 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 Big Fat Dave. Uh, so that was funny and oh, he,
1: what uh, Twitter tags well, He did tags, a bullets. lot of ridicule over yeah. this I mean rightfully so I mean how can you confuse earplugs or rubber yeah. bullets
0: <laughs> This is, gets even better There's another picture This is from J.R. Salzem uh, which is JR Sal- at J.R. Sousam on Twitter. He goes, at Sal- at Ryan J. Riley, hey, bro, I'm trying to load rubber bullets into my high-capacity mag, but it's not working. Can you help? And the picture is a, 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 a yeah. box or a little uh, of uh, hearing plugs. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, Jason. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's trying to... Stuff the
1: hearing plugs into these AR-15 mag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's trying to stick these uh, hear, hearing uh, protection into his high-cap mag. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, this one's another one, too. Again, from same guy again, John R. Salzman. Uh, he goes, I believe this is a bottle of tear gas. Can anyone confirm? And it's got uh, no more tears. Johnson's baby shampoo. Best ever softness. So they're <laughs> posting stuff like that. Uh, what's another good one here? I'm just flicking through a couple. And uh, this one looks to be like a Victoria's Secret, a women's, uh, what do you call it? Not cologne. What do they it? Perfume. And it's got found what appears – so it's a picture of a bottle of perfume. looks looks quite nice. It says, found what appears to be an expanded bombshell in Ferguson at at Ryan J. Riley. Uh, Can anyone confirm? So they're just absolutely heckling this guy. uh, Completely unbelievable. Then the last one is, it's like a picture with four photos in it. And it's got rubber bullets with the picture of the hearing plugs. <laughs> then it's got a picture of a Duracell battery saying it's a taser. What's this one? Uh, it looks like a little bottle of milk, you know, those little plastic milk yeah. uh, tops where you pour it into your, like a, you take it out in the field, <laughs> tear canister. gas canister. And then this one is also pretty hilarious too. It's one of those little children's playgrounds. You know, you take them out to but they jump yeah. in the balls, the plastic balls. And it says, uh, hand grenades. If you see something, tweet something. And it's just, I just can't believe how this guy's actually, he's actually copped a major uh, hammering from everyone from around the globe about thinking that hearing protection uh, was actually rubber bullets. And uh, we had a good chuckle about it, especially that people that started posting funny photos of him. So obviously he's gone underground for a while because of sheer embarrassment. Uh, he's obviously a journalist trying to make his mark and uh, unfortunately has made a major goose of himself.
1: So It is quite funny, Jason, always when you, when you uh, read about all these people and know nothing about guns commenting on firearms because it just really shows how very little they know. And it uh, sometimes can be quite funny, like in this instance. Next I we wanted to talk
0: about two guys, uh, Beretta of Australia, I don't know how long these have been out. Someone told me about them the other day, but uh, a lot of people know the Tika brand. They sell rifles right yep. from Finland. Tika.fi, I think it is. Yep. And one of these ones yeah, I didn't actually see this before, but obviously with the Varmint, the Super Varmint, uh, we've yep. got uh, certain yes. Hunter Camo stocks, we've got wooden stocks. The Tika Light. Yeah, the Tika Light. I've actually got a Tika Light in blue, but what they're bringing out now is a Tika T3 Super Light. Mm. So now it's apparently, I mean people are saying it's just... Uh, another light in stainless steel with a fluted barrel, which mm. may be so, but I think it's actually going to be uh, lighter than the actual light. So, um, shooters who are ready to face extreme uh, conditions require their tool characteristics. The T3 Super Light stainless uh, will be your trusted hard-wearing firearm. Spotless long-term performance. The barrels are fluted, uh, made by Seiko's high-grade stainless steel and reinforced polymer. Uh, giving uh, an advantage for easy maintenance, etc. Mm. Now, pretty good. So, if you want to check that out? You can go uh, to dot Just look at the Tika range there. So, definitely something uh, to look forward to. Uh, comes in your, your your normal calibers. You know, your two hundred four, your two your two fifties, two four three, seven mil 308, 270, 300 WSM, 7mm Ram Mag, 300 Win Mag. Obviously, check out the website for yep. more calibers, but I'd probably be maybe be looking at one of these myself. Uh, certainly a great gun. I've got a few tickers. I quite like them. And it uh, looks no, like... it it's a looks, pretty good price on that, Jace. Yeah, I mean, it's got 1,140 retail. I'm not sure mm. if through the gun shop how much they're going to be, but contact certainly contact your local gun shop uh, to find out more about the uh, Tika T3 Super Lite. All right, guys. We're just going to go to another quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats, but the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats:
1: more freedom. Less government. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gutting, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 024653 1440 or visit www.ssasydney.net. Yeah, Jason, we've got another story here from Queensland, and pretty much of a Queensland show, really, of this straight shooting podcast. We've got a lot of things uh, happening in Queensland. And also, Jason, as you know, me and you are very big supporters of public land hunting, and uh, it's something that Queensland really hasn't uh, taken off uh, with yet. And uh, I'd like to take this opportunity in reference, reference to this story, To remind all you Queenslanders out there how important it is to uh, write to your local representatives and let them know that you want public land hunting, that you want uh, hunting to be established in national parks and state forests throughout Queensland. It's extremely important. Uh, We need to expand the support, and we've got to continue on uh, trying to control these feral pests. And it's a massive problem in Queensland. And here's a story from the Courier Mail by Jason Tim. Okay, so you've got, this is from uh, August 23rd. Uh, Queensland, Queensland turns tide on feral animals with full scale cull And Queensland is finally turning the tide In the war on the feral pests plaguing the state Gunning down everything from cats of truly monstrous proportions To goats and turtle eating pigs Now many of you guys have seen a lot of those um, stories on social media with uh, heaps of tiny little turtles being found in the guts of uh, feral pigs. Okay, the state will soon start a fresh battle against feral pigs in a bid to stop them killing off baby turtles ahead of this year's nesting season, as it also continues to target bilby-devouring cats. As As a part of sustained attack on pests, a $7 million joint venture will see the pigs hunted down and destroyed to give turtle hatchlings who typically struggle to survive even without the threat of predators a fighting chance. And work is underway to seek expressions of interest from organisations wanting to help with pest control measures, but the actual hunt won't begin until at least October. So yeah guys, so if anyone's interested, all you hunting groups out there, hunting clubs in Queensland, in participating in that, contact the National Park's uh, Minister um, in Queensland, uh, Steve Dixon, and here he is, National Parks Minister Steve Dixon said, a plague of feral cats had been contained following a two-year program and an investment of more than 350000 With with uh, a result that Queensland's dwindling bilby population can recover. Um, now, as you know, bilby is a native animal, of course, and it's, uh, it's uh, struggling to survive out in the wild because it's constantly under attack by feral cat populations, jays, and also foxes. A small victory has been recorded at uh, Astral Bar Downs in the states west where more than 3,000 feral cats have been eliminated. Cat and wild dog populations in the region soared after two years of unusually high rainfall from 2009 spurred on by a boom in a native long-haired rat population, right? So in the past 18 months, about 120 bilbies have been found in the stomachs of shot cats, out of a total estimated population of just 700. Can you believe that, Jace? It's just—I mean, it, it's so hard to comprehend because the, the pretty much, Jace, I, I think in about 20 years, a lot of these native animals will gone. be just gone. They'll be gone. will be yeah. finished. There won't be any native yeah.
0: animals other than roos. Well, at least there won't be any ground-dwelling yeah. birds, pheasants, no. that sort of thing. You know, those it's just bilbies. extraordinary. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just all I'm hearing amazing. from this is like a game where New South Wales used Mm. to have a game style game council. Uh, We went to the Department of Primary Industries. Now, Victoria, who has a really good uh, hunting culture down there, they went away from Department of Primary Industries managing it to their own game authority. So Mm. we got rid of ours, yet Victoria thought it was a great idea to Mm. install a game authority. So hopefully Queensland uh, will consider this. Instead of spending $350,000 on some sort of program. and,
1: And a $7 million joint venture, I mean. So w- all, I wonder what the
0: actual results were. This Probably is all taxpayers' pigs. money, I'm assuming, Jason. Yeah, ten pigs were removed, maybe twenty. Well, who knows? I mean, is there any facts on there? Is there any numbers? Well, yeah, we've got
1: some numbers here. Well, basically, like I said before, a small victory has been recorded uh, in the states west, where more than three thousand feral cats have been well that's eliminated. Good, yeah. yep, so yep. that's pretty good. I mean, feral cats are an absolute killer. I mean, you have no idea. The damage these uh, little pests can do to the populations of all our native, spe- grand dwelling native species. And especially a lot of the birds, too, Jace. Yeah, surprisingly, though, I've only ever seen one feral cat that ran
0: down a hole in a property in Oberon that were on while we were hunting foxes. And uh, it was actually a whitey sort of. Uh auburn, ready mm. colour, and uh, it's the only one I've ever seen out in the bush. I was trying to get it back out of its little den, but uh, it didn't well, d- d- during d- didn't my uh, years
1: of hunting on private properties, I've seen a stack of them, Maybe and uh, yeah, I've shot quite a few of them. But anyway, the article goes on to say, Mr. Dixon said, uh, the challenges of managing feral cat animals across Queensland are huge. Uh, Senior Ranger Andrew Kingston, who is helping lead efforts to control feral pigs near Mount Glorious, said feral pigs destroyed native wildlife and plant life, spread weeds, carry disease, destroy waterways, and cause a raft of problems for native ecosystems. Now, the, the the big thing about this story that I want to highlight, especially to all the Queensland listeners out there, I just can't believe with all this stuff going on, with a massive feral animal explosion, why on earth has, not, has the government not set up public land hunting yet it's just unbelievable i mean it is the most cost effective way to reduce our feral animal populations and it gets people out out in the great outdoors to enjoy you know enjoy our country it's just i just can't believe they haven't done it yet jace
0: well hopefully queensland and wa and other states around australia jump on board and realize the efforts
1: Uh, from conservation hunters in being able to remove these feral pests absolutely but guys it's not going to happen unless you unless you really start get on the front foot and email your government representatives let them know that you want public land hunting let them know that you want the same models successful models followed uh in queensland as they have been in victoria and new south wales and it's about time this has happened because pretty soon the only popular animal populations out there will be left will be feral goats pigs foxes and cats
0: yeah that's pretty much it, and as I said, Victoria went to the game authority. We went away from it here in New South Wales, hopefully mm-hmm. they can set up something in Queensland. Yep. I think's really important, but uh the next anything to finish off there, Muz? or oh n- that's, nothing,
1: not it? N- that's it, Jason. I just want to just reiterate how important it is for you guys to get off your backsides and, and really start to get on the front foot and uh, start emailing your government,
0: yep, all right. On a previous show, we you know how we spoke about the submission to the federal government's yep. inquiry into gun violence. Now, this one, uh, the Shooters and Fishers Party uh, have put in their... Uh, particular uh what did you what would you call it i've lost my head here uh, in, what do you call it uh submission on. submission that's what yes, i'm trying to so think i'm sorry guys i'm having a shocker today the recently announced uh, oh this sorry this one is from the shooters and fishers party website sfp 2015.org.au yep. uh, posted by tim horan august 22nd 2014 it says the recently announced federal center inquiry into gun violence to be chaired by the extreme green sorry to be chaired by yeah by the extreme Grins. I'll, I thought I was actually... Uh, I didn't read that correctly. He's a cynical example of political grandstanding by a group of people who want to see an outright ban on all civilian use uh, and possession of firearms. The Shiz and Fishers Party, along with the Concern clubs and individuals, members from around Australia, have made submissions to the inquiry we hope will be carefully considered. Now, the Shoes and Fishers Party submission, which is based around evidence-based research, rather than emotion like the Greens, centres on three key areas. The abolition of the National Firearms Agreement. So I know me and Muz yep. uh, had uh, an issue before with the SFP. We had a discussion about uh, the Steve Lee video where they were saying we weren't probably possibly going to get our semi-autos back, but it's good to see they're on the front foot here saying
1: they want to abolish the National Firearms Agreement. I think it's really, really important. Well, ju- just to, just to uh, comment on that, Jace, I don't want to hear any of our pro press- gun parties ever say that we've got no chance of doing it, because I'm sick of that sort of talk, because that sort of talk's in the past, we've got to move forward, we've got to start getting our rights back, because if we don't, we're going to lose it all.
0: That's right. If anyone wonders what we're talking about, it was a, it was a video from Steve Lee. We know Steve Lee yep. uh, from I Like Guns fame, uh, did an interview with Robert Borzak, I think at Parliament House, just saying, well, it wasn't really sort of a priority uh, for that. I'm sure they'd obviously like to do it, but again, we don't want to hear a representative saying that, we want to hear a representative say... We've either got a chance or at least to think and hope that we'll keep fighting to get our rights back. I think that's really important. Not fighting
1: is not an option. I mean, we've got to keep fighting. It may not be be the the highest
0: on their agenda, I'm saying, but I would like to see it. That we're not, we're, not, we're not giving up. We're definitely not giving up. But anyway, back to the three key points was the abolition of the National Firearms Agreement, which is great, revocation of the ammo bill, which we know has done absolutely stuff for yeah. in New South Wales, uh, and removing the requirement to register Category A and B firearms. I would like to see them all uh, uncategorized I mean, uh, and unregistered, yeah. but I that's mean, just wh- me. Why you know?
1: can't they just remove requirement to register all firearms? I mean, really... It's just unbelievable. Because, Mars, didn't you know, if the police come to your house,
0: they've got to make sure it's in the safe, They've got well, you know, whilst they're out there doing all these inspections. I mean, imagine how many inspections, if you had to even do one a year, yep. right, that's 800,000 inspections a year. Let's say you only do, do half every year, 400,000 inspections, you know?
1: Well, you know my view on that, Jace, we've covered it many times regarding the firearms registry, and if you haven't heard our views, so please look back on the Straight Shooting podcast that we've previously recorded, where we thoroughly... Uh, Hammer out the pros and cons, and by by and large, you are much better off without a firearms registry, without all this red tape. So is the state, uh, the people of the country, because it's going to save us millions and millions of dollars, and all that money should be, uh, you know, poured back into resources to actually fighting real crime. So. Anyway, Jase, go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, and it says, the Citizens and Fishers Party will be asking for an opportunity to address the parliamentary inquiry if public hearings are to be held on this matter. So check out that, uh, the sfp2015.org.au, go on their blog there, uh, check out their policies. Um, we're supporters of the uh, pro-gun parties, as, as you know, which we run ads for the SFP, so uh, that's a pretty good submission. And hopefully, again, we see some movement on this. We want to see the national... Uh, firearms agreement abolished because that's inevitably that's what most people want. We have seen at the SHOT Show 2014 where there's the odd few people that think registration is great, but again, there are a lot of young people. Uh, And again, this is what I said in a previous podcast, that in the next 10 years we really need to change these laws because if we get into the new, which we're already getting there, aren't Mm. we at the moment, of this new generation of shooters, they don't even know about Port Arthur. They don't even know about what happened Uh, to those people that were killed back in 1996. And I fear if it gets another 10 to 15 years, it will just be old hat. It'll just be what the laws are because a lot of the old folk uh, will be too old or if not have passed on. So we really want to get these changed. If we get up to that 30-year mark in the next 10 to 12 years, I don't think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a lot more difficult to get our rights back. So the time is now but that's about it At the moment on the sfp uh one mars wants to add
1: something else yeah well J- uh, jace just wanted to comment this story um and this inquiry which was initiated by the greens um was a, a key feature in our last podcast the straight shooting podcast now what's important about this uh that i want to reiterate to everyone is that this was a inquiry which i think the greens wanted to use to try and ban our semi-automatic uh handguns now I was, uh, with Jason, urging everyone, put their submissions in to the government to follow the link on our website and put their submissions in and to tell the government that you want none of this stuff. You don't want any more laws. You don't want any more bans or anything like that. In fact, you want the opposite. You want the National Firearms Agreement abolished. You want the laws, uh, I guess, scaled back a bit. And um, and guess what, Jace? I mean, last time... Uh, that we done the show, I remember looking on the government website and there was only like 15 submissions. And just recently, I think it was yesterday, I looked, Jason, and there was more than 50 submissions. So, And, and that's just the people that actually want their names to be highlighted on the website. There could be at least probably another 100 submissions from people that didn't want their names publicly publicly printed now i've sent my submission you've sent your submission jason uh also of uh, the shooters and fishers have sent theirs uh liberal democrats peter whelan sent one in which he's for the copy to me which was I thought, a fantastic submission covered absolutely everything and really rebutted um a lot of these laws that are currently in place also um as you know the um Sporting Shooters Association, they sent a submission in as well, and they were seeking comments uh, regarding their submission uh, as well, which I also responded to. So it it is a fantastic opportunity to really fight back at inquiry level and tell them that the laws don't work, the laws are terrible. Uh, Not only do we not want any more bans, but we want the current bans lifted. We want the restrictions lifted, and I think the vast majority of people did do that, Jason. So that's that's very good. So hopefully it'll be a good outcome from this inquiry for us. So cross your fingers, everyone. Always important stuff, especially about this
0: government. We've seen him, you know, especially Greg Hunt. That that's probably the one that really uh, annoyed me because there were a lot of organ- some organisations out there saying they were having uh, great talks with Greg Hunt. Now all this canned hunting stuff with Jason Wood. Um, basically we're seeing what I think is the completely the exact opposite and I'm not sure what uh, good talks were being had. Remember about croc hunting yep. in the NT, uh, you know, but the Aboriginals could have utilized that money for crocs that were already gonna be cold in the first place. Again, we've spoken about this on previous shows, so again you guys know all this stuff. Uh, it's really important, as Muzz uh, hit on before, right to the Prime Minister. Again, like we said, people seem to think we're saying vote for him. No, no, no. We're not saying vote for Tony Abbott. We're saying vote for your pro-gun parties. We're saying get out there, make a difference, meet with your local members, uh, and I think that is you know, really important because at the end of the day, we want our rights back, and I think most people uh, do want
1: our rights back. Now, guys, remember, it's always important to be members of your local gun club. It's important to join the NRA, the biggest organisation in the world that will fight for your gun rights globally. If you're not a member of the Shooters and Fishers Party or Liberal Democrats or any other pro-freedom party, become a member, become active, and make sure you lobby your government. Write to your minister, write to your local member, write to your federal member, write to your Prime Minister. Let them know what you want, okay? Without them hearing your voices, we've got absolutely no chance of getting our rights back. So, Jace. Yep. So, as usual, as, as we said before, when we started the show, please
0: jump on uh, iTunes, leave us a message. Uh, yep. If you want to email me, Australian Hunting Podcast at com, or click on the uh, contact icon on the website if you want to send us. Uh, some correspondence I think that's really important again always donate to the show that keeps a bit of cream on our cake yep. helps us uh, get new equipment just shows that we're supporting the show there's a lot of people that support the show now as we said before we're running a lot of ads we're really excited about some of the uh, relationships we're forming with you know, political parties with organisations I mean this is a new tech savvy medium this podcasting it's only really popped up uh, it's huge now than what it was before and this is one of the only uh, hunting shooting and fishing radio podcast shows in Australia that gets over 25,000 downloads a month and is uh you know is growing all the time and and I just thank everyone that does listen to the show this is hard work i mean just even sitting here now myself and Muzz just spent you know like an hour before the show printing out uh news articles marking things down you know we're not you know we're not alan jones we're not ray hadleys we're not you know uh, john laws we're just two guys that really want to get our firearms rights back and as I said, all this freedom stuff uh, is all related to getting our rights back, not just for firearms, Absolutely. but for, 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 every, for everything else and stop the government intruding in our lives. Uh, I think it's really important. So, again, this is the Straight Shooting Podcast on the AHV Digital Radio Network. As always, I'm Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Bledo. See you guys next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.